Him. So you, you understand that while all the stuff we've been talking about, our identity is not, again, what we see in the mirror. It's not what we've been through in the past. And again, we, we, you know, we talked about a lot of the negative things that made us maybe who we are. We talked about a lot of the things that we went through, but you do understand this. Even the positive things that we even went through, and maybe you was in a good family, maybe you was in a good situation, you had good things happen in your life. We still can't allow that to determine who we are. Because there's way more to us than that. So you understand this, and a lot of people struggle with this. We are not the job that we have. A lot of folks struggle with this. We, if we have this position in this company, in this place, we're, we're this. We have to understand this. We're not the job. If you understand that you're not the job, if you lose the job, you'll be okay. That's what's going on in the economy, a lot of things that are happening. And you, and you hear the news, you see this, people who have committed suicide because they lost the job and the bank account went under and all these things. When you understand that that's not who you are, you don't put your identity in those things so those things can come and those things can go. Those things can stay in your life, those things can leave you, and you still understand that my, my, my security, none of those things is what I have in the bank account, but it's what I have in my heart, and it's Jesus Christ. So we understand, and that, and that is just there's that's freedom in that. There's free, there's freedom in all these things. We understand that, and I, I look at it. I am not. My identity is not that I'm a pastor. I'm thankful God's called me to do that. It's, it can be challenging sometimes if you're a ministry. You understand that, but that's not who I am. That's what I do. But that's not who I am. That's not, that's not everything about me. Because here's the deal. I remember this as just a little child. I wanted to be a firefighter. I pictured myself getting out of bed and the alarm going off and, and throwing on the turnouts and throwing on my gear and taking off and sliding down the pole. So what I did when I grew up, I became a firefighter. If you know my history, I worked with Greenville City for six years, and I love that. That's just what I saw myself doing. I just That's everything that I wanted to be, all I wanted to do. So I became a firefighter. I was, I was, now sure enough, all that joy and glamour that I thought ended that was, would come through that. When you're in the bed and asleep and that thing goes off, you're like, oh, dear Jesus, not again. <laughs> it was supposed to be joyous and I'm supposed to be coming in the pole and everybody's cheering for us and all this kind of stuff. And, and every, I mean, no, it, don't, it didn't work like that. But I became a firefighter and I loved it. And, and, and I would probably still be doing it today if it wasn't for, for my Savior and my wife. For those two reasons, I, I'm no longer that. But here's the thing. I found myself at 25 years of age. I did that for six years. Went on when I was 19. And at 25 years of age, I left the fire department. And then I, I found myself struggling with the question, now, who am I? I thought I was just, I thought I was number 147 at the GFT. I based so much on that because I saw that, and that's all I wanted to do, all I wanted to be. So I became that, and I did that, and I thought that's what I was. And then at 25 years of age, I left that, and I went to work another job, and that job didn't work out, and things went ugly real quick, and I found myself unemployed, and I was sitting there going, man, who am I? But the more I got in this book, and the more I realized that in these things, in this book, none of those things matter. I understand that he puts me in all those places because of who I am. And it's really neat. I understand that I got a call. I'd been gone from the fire department for a couple of years, and I had a gentleman call me up, and he said, hey, man, I just want to give you a call. I said, thank you. 
I had talked to this guy in a couple of years, and he said, man, just don't say thanks. He said, I gave my life to Christ. I was like, man, praise God. That is awesome, dude. And he said, well, it's just because of, you know, some of the things that you said to me while you was here. And I was like, dude. So I realized that my identity is none of those things. But he puts me in places because of my identity. Oh, you got to hear that. He puts me in places because of who I am. But it always goes back to him. Everything that we do. And the word is slammed full. So I'm going to give you some scriptures. I'm just going to throw them at you. So just jot down the text. Jot down what it is. You don't even have these guys. But I'm just going to throw them at you real quick. I'm just going to do this out of two, two chapters out of one book, the book of Colossians, that we look at real quick who we are. And it always goes back to him. It always goes back to him. And again, the, the word's filled up. I just read one of Ephesians, but it's filled with it. I just want to just, just show you some stuff real quick, and we're going to get into some things. But Colossians 1.16, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. That was Colossians 1.16. Colossians 1.22, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless above reproach in his sight. Colossians 2.6, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. My goodness. Uh, 2.7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And verse Colossians 2.10, you are complete in him. Mm, Colossians 2.11, in Oh, y'all feeling that? In him. You are also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. All the fellas, say amen. Amen. <laughs> and you got to understand that. It's not something in the natural. It's way further than that. He said that it's a matter of the heart, and he cut away the flesh of the heart when we came to Christ, and now it's in him. Oh, man, that's awesome. Colossians 2.12, buried with him in, baptize, in baptism in which you also were raised with him. him through faith in the working of God who raised him. from the dead. Now, that's just, I just threw some stuff at you quickly. You have to understand that everything we are, everything good that we have, everything about us, everything that's good that ever be good in us always goes back to him. So all this stuff that I'm pouring into you about who you are, it helps you rise up and become strong and become more than who you are and, and, and do things you couldn't do. But it always goes back to him. That's where a lot of I've seen ministries miss it. I've seen businesses miss it. A lot of these places that start off and they have the right plan and they start off and they understand it was him. But somewhere when he gives them something and does something to them or in them or that gift that's been placed in their heart begins to rise up and they begin to use the gift. Somehow they think the gift has something to do with them. But it never has anything to do with always him. Always him. Philippians 4.13. I got to read that Amplified because this is one of our favorite scriptures. We quote it. This is one of the refrigerator scriptures. You see this one on refrigerators a lot. But I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything. Man, did you hear that? That's where, that's where you gotta hear, that's where you gotta get to. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength to me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So that's that's saying some stuff. That's talking about how bad you are in a good way, but 
It's because of what he's did for us. It's because of what he's done for us and what he gave for us and what he did in our life. I'm going to read one more scripture before we break into our text today, and I'm going to let the word speak for itself. But we, we, I preached out this last week, Psalms 139, 13 and 14. We're going to use it, and God said to put it back in here and read it one more time for somebody. For you form my inward parts. You cover me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. You hear that? And we, 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 we unpacked it last week. But you were fearfully, wonderfully made. God made you. The works that he's talking about here is not the atmosphere and not all the great creations and all that he spoke. The works that he's talking about is you. Marvelous are you. Marvelous is what he's done in your life. And let's think for just a second. Who wrote this? This was David. Gary was talking about we're a worshiper. This is David writing this. This is, this is, this is the guy who got out there on the hills and, and, and just began to just dance before the Lord and, and give praise and give honor to God and, and just lift him up. This is one of Pastor Stephen talked about who said, I'm going to take off my, my kingly garment, my robe that has anything to do with me and my title, and I'm going to lay it down, and I'm just going to be before anything else. I'm going to be a worshiper to my God. So out of this, out of him understanding this, you have to, this is David. I am fearfully, wonderfully made the guy who wrote this worship God. And this is the guy who wore out lions. See, that's what's wrong with a lot of time in the church today. And a lot, that's why a lot of times the men don't respond. I think we're starting to see this more in our church because men are rising up and, 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 and the body is coming together and we're working as it's supposed to be functioning and doing these things. We have to understand now that being a worshiper is not something silly. I'm telling you. I mean, when you, under, and when you come to this place of, of your true identity and you're no longer concerned about what somebody thinks about you, you'll throw your hands up. You'll lift up your voice. You'll shout into God with a voice of triumph. You'll do all these things because I don't care. I'm not worshiping whoever's sitting beside you. My worship is not for you. It's for him. So if you don't like it, you might want well to slide down a little bit. You understand that when you come to that place. But this guy, David, was a worshiper. And he, was a, he, he got out and he gave God praise. And he set aside the world. And he just danced before God. And he just became so undignified. And he just went crazy before God. People got mad at him and said, you ain't seen nothing yet. That David, boy, bad. But not just this worshiper, but out of this worshiper that he was, something rose up out of him, and it was a warrior. He defeated the lion, defeated the bears. He defeated all these things. And he's the one who defeated the giant. He's the one who defeated the giant through Christ, through what was in him. And he says, I don't come at you in, the, in my name. I come in the name of the Lord. Again, he's understanding who he is. But anytime we come at our enemy in our name, we fall. But anytime we come at the enemy in the name of the Lord, we win. So he understood that. And so he went after that giant. He slung it in the name of the Lord. And that thing took that giant, took him down. He took the giant sword, took his head clean off, and had it a good time. Just, just enjoyed worship. Man, just, just had a great time. And everybody began to sing about it, dance about it, all this kind of stuff. This guy just rose up because he knew who he was. Now, did David make some mistakes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, adultery, murder, uh, you know, just, you know, treason. I mean, all, just, I mean, just all these things. He made the mistakes, but you know something? God loved him. 
God used him. God did great works through him. Because I think for no other reason, because he was a man for God's own heart, and it wasn't his heart he was after. He wasn't trying to see how much he'd get in his heart, but he was trying to be, become the guy after God's own heart, and God used him in a great and mighty way. Now, again, so we look past. We remember what happened last week. We come to Christ. We come to this place where we're part now of the family of God, and Gary said this, trying to preach my sermon. I don't appreciate that. But we now, <laughs> we come in, and, and now we're a part of the family of God, and what we now became into, we now do. Oh, y'all too quiet. See, now y'all was amen in me when I was talking about you. Now you was amen in me. Y'all was behind me, man. Y'all was with me. But now you got to do something. You got quiet. Here's the thing. When you understand who you are, you can just do stuff, and it's not a burden. He said his burden is light. It's easy. You take it, and again, you try to do it on your own strength. That thing gets heavy. You become weak. But again, you take it on him, and you give it to him, and he uses you in a mighty way. You don't believe this. Go to 1 Kings. Chapter 18. This is where we're going to hang out for a few minutes. Time flies when you're having fun. 1 Kings chapter 18. I, I think this is probably one of the coolest stories in the Bible. I love this story. It, it is awesome. If you've already heard it, just act like you heard it for the first time. Help me out. If you haven't heard it, dude, you're going to like this. This is good stuff. 1 Kings chapter 18. This is what's neat about this. I, I look back and begin to think over my years of preaching and, and ministering in different areas. I don't think I've ever preached from this text. I had a lot of highlighted stuff and a lot of marking and a lot of notes in here. I've never preached from it. And I don't know why. I've just, I just haven't. But I want to share some things with you today. And I believe it's, it's just going to hopefully open your eyes and help you see there again fear and all these things that have come against some of you. It has to go and has to bow down when you understand who you are in him. And again, it's 1 Kings chapter 1, uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. Uh, let's start uh, verse 18. Let's start at verse 18. You got to say amen. amen. Oh, y'all good. Verse 18, uh, quick history, real quick. There was a drought going on. It had been going on for three years. Uh, there was a struggle about whose fault it was. They wanted to blame God. They wanted to blame Baal. They wanted to blame all these things, and, and they want to blame one another for what's happening. Hmm. Heard that one before. But um, verse 18, and the, the, the Elijah and Ahab have the conversation. They come together, and this is what happens during the conversation. And he answered and said, I have not troubled Israel. Verse 17, let me throw that at you real quick. Then it happened, Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? Verse 18, and he answered and said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now, now I'm gonna just I'm gonna read and just just stop and pause, throw a little few things. And I'm gonna preach a little bit different. No one, two, three, four, five, none of these points. I'm just gonna throw some stuff at you today. So he said this. He says that that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed Baals. Do you know a lot of times we we want to blame someone else for our mess up? Now, again, this is, this is not going to maybe lighten me as much. I probably won't get many emails saying, man, it's a good message. Probably won't get many Facebooks, Facebook uh, uh, little remarks, but it'll be all right. Listen, we want to blame a lot of people a lot of other times. Listen, he said, don't blame me. Don't blame my God. What you need to look at is what you've done. I should keep going. 
I better just keep going. Just keep going ahead. Verse 19. Now therefore send and gather all of Israel to me on Mount Carmel for the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Now, again, this is Elijah rising up, understanding his significance, understanding his purpose, understanding who he is, not walking in any kind of fear. He says this. He makes the challenge. This is what you'll do when you, when you discover this. The, the challenge didn't get brought to him and him say, well, I may try to just hang in there. He said that. He said, you go to, this is a lie. That boy was bad. He said, now therefore send and gather all of Israel to me on Mount Carmel. I want you to bring all the audience to see this. This is a secure person and who, who understands this. He said, I want you to bring all of them before me, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. 850 prophets and one man. One man. Verse 20, so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Now listen, this is a place that had once been a place of worship, a place of praise, a place of prayer. But now, Baal worship. And if you don't understand what it is, it's idolatry. And anything that's not God that we put before him as idolatry and becomes our Baal. That, that's, do we still, there's still idolatry going on today. The way we understand that, okay? There's, there's still idolatry taking place. There's still things that are going on in this place today. But he goes into their territory against their prophets, said, bring this on. Verse 21, he says this, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. <laughs> but if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. This, this, this story just speaks for itself. I can just read this, close it, and go home. This is awesome. Elijah steps up, unafraid, secure, coming against any fear, not worried about anything that was placed before him. He, and he steps before the people, and he says this. And this is the question. And I'm, I'm going to have to say this because I have to do it because it's here. How long will you falter? How long will you say, I'm, I'm a Christian and think. Uh, I'm, I can do this. Oh, that's a good word. I'm ready. And then something happens. And you said, well, maybe not. He said, and James said, an unstable man is, a, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You have to understand that you can't make this decision today to do this and then make this decision when something comes along. I don't know what all the pastor that Gary was talking about earlier faced and dealt with when they said that you have this stage four, when you have this cancer, when you have these things. But I believe somewhere along the way, he had to look and say, I can't falter between this opinion and this opinion. I've got to come over here and step into this place that says I'm healed. I have to understand that I am a believer in Christ, and through his blood and by the stripes was taken upon his back, I am healed today because of what he did. Not my strength, but his. Amen. We have to do that. Amen. We have to come to the place. So how long will you falter? How long will you, how long will you keep dealing with this situation? And that's what they said to him. Not a word. Not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. Good gracious. I don't know. I alone am left a prophet of 
the Lord. Not, I think, you know, I think I might be able to speak on his behalf. Maybe I'm a prophet to the Lord. 850, thousands on Mount Carmel, steps up and says this, I am a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Again, he's sitting the stage. I hope you can get a visual of this. Uh, this would be when I, it's a little hard to bring onto the stage and, and do. I tried. I thought about it. I was trying to figure it out. And I'm serious. I, I tried my best to get this and make a visual. It would have got ugly real quick. Y'all laughing are the ones who know the story already. So, uh, therefore, let, let them give us two bulls. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood. But put no fire under it. For I will prepare the bull and, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. Him. goes back to him. And God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. I mean, we good. We, we got you. We can do this. Verse 25. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves. Prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it and called the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. You, you, you got to see this. This is Elijah's. I can see him giving the Pastor Terry move. <laughs> Put, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Putting the, the hand on the chin and, and, and giving it a little. And it says that, can you see these, these idiots? 450. I don't, know if, I don't know if the other 400 jumped in there or what. But the, all these hundreds and hundreds of people. I've laid out this altar. And again, you've got the sacrifice laid out, the wood, the oxen cut up, the wood cut, laid out on the altar, this sacrifice, and them crying out and, and begging their God to come down and by fire consume this sacrifice. But you can never get the right answer from the wrong God. You can never get the right answer from the wrong God. Matter of fact, it, it, it's, it's what happens here. They begin to go forward, and uh, they, they went from morning to evening until noon. Think about it. Hours. Hours. Hours of leaping and dancing around, crying out, Bell, come on, do this. And, and you got to think, this was the God that they were, I believe it was... Um, who was Apollo? Was that the sun god? I believe that's who the god they were worshiping here in this area. This is the sun god that they, they thought, you know, the fire, the sun could come down. And if anybody could do it, their god could do it. But you got to understand there's only one god. There's only one Jehovah. There's only one god who can do this. So again, these guys jumped around. They leaped. They cried out. All these kind of things. And so it was at noon that Elijah mobbed them. This is, what you, this, is, this is what happens to your enemy. And this is what you can do to the face of your giant when you understand your Jesus. He, he said this. He said, he said in verse 27, And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for, for he is a God. And little g, either he is meditating or he's busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. Ain't you glad that's not our God? Oh, God. Come on. But how many people are worshiping other gods? How many, how many people is worshiping what's out there in the driveway that you drove the church in? 
okay? Daddy, I'm going to keep on going. All right, I ain't getting much from that. I see that. Wasn't going nowhere. But uh, <clears throat> so it was. And knew. he mocked them. And, and can you see this? Just, can you see this? All these hundreds of prophets, and they're out doing their thing. They're, by now, they're sweating. Serving Jesus, ain't, they ain't sweat. The more I've realized who I am, I don't, I don't have to just sweat for them. It, there is battles, all this stuff that's going on. We, we wage war, we do this kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, the more I get a picture of who I am in him, the easier the stuff becomes. But he steps up, and, he, and, and all this stuff that they were trying wasn't working, and he began to tell them, well, maybe you need to cry out a little bit louder. Maybe you, you need to, maybe you need to do a little bit more. Maybe you need to look a little bit harder for God to love you. Verse 28. So they cried aloud and cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. Wow. So you see what's going on. You see this picture this, this, this happening before you. These guys are crying out to a God that can't hear them. God that's not, not real. They're crying out to something that has no source, no strength, that can bring nothing into their life. And they're doing all these things to try to get this God to answer them in some way. So they're doing everything on their own strength that they know to do. I've tried fasting. I've tried praying. I've tried. I've, I've tried. I'm going to church. Make sure you cry out to the right God. So they cried out. They cut themselves. They did all these things. In verse 29, And then at midday was passed. They prophesied until the time of the offering <clears throat> of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Do you see what's happening? Anytime our focus is toward anything else, it don't, it does, it's not going to work. It can be ourself, and it can be I'm trying to strengthen, I'm trying to do this. If the focus is anywhere <clears throat> other than Jesus in him, it's not going to work. And so they cry out, and, and, and this is amazing to me. All across the country, there's, there's other forms of worship and religion, <clears throat> and there's people that are bowing down. And they got it set up, man. They morning, noon, morning, noon, and evening, and that means nothing. They get their mats out and they come and they lay it out and they bow down to a God that can't hear them. Man, they've wasted a lot of time. How much time have we wasted? Ooh. All right. <clears throat> then in midday it passed. There was no voice, no one answered. Verse 30. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. See, all the people came near to him. I don't want you. He's saying, I don't want you to miss this. I want you to step in a little bit closer. I want you to see what's getting ready to happen. He said, come near. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. I, if you have a highlighter, I would highlight it. I'd underline it. I'd mark it with asterisks. Because it's probably the most important thing in this whole story. He did this. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. We must stay in fellowship with him. We must stay in communion with him. We must stay in a place of prayer with him if we're going to continue to move forward and understand all the things that he has for us. And again, he repaired the altar of the Lord. He didn't come up and it wasn't the altar of Elijah. 
I'm going to prepare the altar. No, it didn't have anything to do with Elijah. It had something, what he did with the altar of the Lord. And Elijah took 12 stones, verse 31. And he, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones, he built an altar. We need to build an altar in our house again. You guys that I was talking to earlier who I called out as mighty men of God, build an altar in your home. Make a place of prayer. He built an altar, and in the name of the Lord, he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. He put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood and said, Now do this. Fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, on, on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said this, do it a second time. And then he said, do it, then he said, then he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. Is this somebody who was secure in their God? If it'd been us, we've been trying to rub two sticks together. <laughs> Nobody's looking with throwing some matches. I mean, try. Trying to do something. He said, I want you to take this, lay this out here, dig a trench. And they filled it up with water. So much of the water ran over the sacrifice. And he wanted to make sure they were in this day when, when sacrifice would take and they would do this. They'd put fire under it. And that's why he made sure he clarified that earlier, put no fire under it. And what they would do, would be, it would be hidden. And then at certain times, they'd do something to spark it. And again, it was their strength. I've seen revivals and services work like that same kind of way. And, and uh, that one did slip out. Um, <clears throat> but, but on their own strength. But he said, put no fire under it. And again, don't just put any fire under it. I want you to put water all over it, all around it. Because what I want to happen in this place and what I want to show you is God and God alone. That's what I want. I want God and God alone. I don't want it to be anything else but God and God alone. So they did this and they poured it out. And, and, and it, the trench you know, went all around the water. The water was everywhere. Verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Uh, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. Kind of sound like that song we were just singing a while ago. Let us show them heaven. Let's not show them faith renewed. Let's show them heaven. Let's not show them how nice the place is now. We have a place we have to set up and tear down. Not. Let, us, let us show them heaven. Let us show them Jesus. And it was his cry as well. He said that I want, to, I want these people to know today that you were God in Israel. And again, securing who he was, he said, I am your servant. He was a prophet, he said earlier. He said, now I'm your servant. And, I'm, and this is how this works. And, and I got to throw this in here real quick. I know time's slipping, but I got to say it. If you are a prophet of God and there's something strong and heavy on your heart and you have spiritual gifts, serving will always flow out of that. That was a good word. Amen. That was good. He, I got a response from heaven right there, son. The phone's ringing. <laughs> Amen. Hear me. That his people may know that you are Lord God. And this is the thing. And that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then. Man. I love that. That means everything changed. 
then, as in that moment. And, and that's where some of you are at today, if, if you'll do this and, and, and go to this place. You'll have a then moment in your life. It said that then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Let me just show you real quick. Come on, give God a praise. That's good. Again, the word just speaks for itself. I, I want you to see. I want you to understand. He said that it ain't going to just come down and put this thing out. It consumed it. Do you understand the, what happened here? The word consumed, it, it is taken. It is removed. It, everything that was brought before him, it was complete. Listen, the dust, the stones, the sacrifice, even the water in the trench, everything that was in that place was consumed. Verse 39 says, now this is what happens when we do this. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is is God. That's what I want him to say when it's all said and done. I don't want to say anything about us, but man, he's God. He's Jehovah. He is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. It's Jesus, and it's in him. In him. There is nothing. You understand this. We saw David against one giant, but this guy was going against hundreds. And he said, God is in you. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. There was no choice for this matter. There, there was no repentance for, for what they had done. This is just their custom, and this is how it works. And, and I believe this is how it should still work, not for the physical, but in the spiritual. Anytime the enemy comes in and rises up against you and tries to come against you and tries to come against your God, you have no other choice but to do what they did here. It says, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to Brook Hishon and executed them there. Dude, we need to have an execution. We need to have an execution and kill and destroy the enemy who's come against you. Stand up if you would, please. Whew, man. Just bow your heads if you would for just a moment, please. Hallelujah. God, we thank you today for your word. We thank you that it's real. This is a true story. It's not a fake story. This is something that happened. This is something that I believe that happened exactly like it was written. And I believe this today, God, that if we'll understand this, that Elijah is no greater than us. Same God that lived in him lives in us. And God, I pray that today, God, that any enemy your people are facing, any place of fear and timidity, any place of insecurity that's in your people today, I curse and come against and speak life into today. I declare today your people are free in the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed for just a moment, I want to ask this question of you today. Some of you are here and you've been facing this enemy and you've been dealing with this thing and not understanding not understanding that it's not your strength. But in him today, you understand this. There is nothing. There is no, there is no enemy that can hold you. There is no chains that can keep you bound. There are no, there are no, there are no limits today in your life. In him. 
If you've been facing an enemy, a giant, a Goliath, a, a prophet, a Baal, anything that's trying to speak a lie, anything that's come against you, you're dealing with anything that's trying to hold you back. I want you to do this real quick. Just shoot your hand up real quick. I don't know who I need to pray for. Just a minute. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Raise it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Man. Wow. understand this today <laughs> you've got to see this in him in him in Christ you can do all things thank you for that promise God thank you for that promise God spirit of God is moving right now you're just, you're just going out throughout this, this congregation right now just let him just begin to move on your heart If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're not a believer, you don't know Christ, this God that I've talked about and how awesome it is to be in Him and Him and you, you don't have that, they don't have that relationship. It's not there. It can change today for you. If that's you and you're here, I want to pray with you. I want to lead you and introduce you to my God who's alive, living, hears you. And when you speak to Him, we'll answer you. If that's you today, just throw up your hand real quick. If you're in this place, I want to know if you're here. I want to pray for you. I'll pray with you if that's you. I just want to see real quick if anybody's here. Any at all. If you raised your hand for any reason, I want you to do this. I want you to take a step out and come to this altar real quick. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And I curse fear right now. Some of you raised your hand, but you said, I can't step down there. Now, fear is gone in the name of Jesus. Freedom today in this place. I, I, in the name of Jesus. Anything that's holding you back, I loose right now from coming down. And it's keeping you from getting your freedom today. Hallelujah. They're coming. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. As they come. If you raise your hand, join them here in this altar. Hallelujah. More hands than there are people in this altar. I curse fear once again. It's a safe place, guys. We're going to love you. It's a safe place. We're going to love you. We'll put our arms around you. We're going to stand against the prophet of Baal with you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. If you believe in prayer, you believe Jesus is, is Lord, and, and, and you believe in prayer and what God can do through it, I want to ask you to help me join me at these altars real quick and just some stand beside, behind some of these people that are here. One of our ministry leaders will join us at this time, but if you believe in prayer, I don't want to limit it to that. There's some young people who, who stay in where you're at. You need to be moving. God has spoken to you today. You, there's, a, there's an enemy, and you thought you couldn't face it. Today, he's saying this. When you come in the name of the Lord, there is nothing today that can stop you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ms. We just going to take a few moments of prayer and ministry. You're welcome to join us. Gary, if you just got something you want to sing, go ahead. But it's going to take a few moments. Let's minister to these in this altar. Goodness. Who shall we fear? Who shall we fear? No one. My goodness. We'll hear the announcements at the end of service. Jump into the word with me, if you would. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. My goodness. That was quiet for a bunch of worshipers. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. Amen. I could understand if we were next door. That's no, no, I'm just saying they do think that's how they do it. I ain't knocking, they're just, it'd be different, but we're not next door. 
Now, I meant to say that. I wouldn't want them to slip out. You know, sometimes I say stuff. I mean, I'm just saying. That's just how they do it. But we do it this way. We believe this all the way around. We just love Jesus and worship. And that we can just be free to worship our living God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Verse, but take it out of the recording just in case. <laughs> Edit. And then start after you. Just, just, just saying. Just saying. Yeah. If y'all was a Mount Vernon Mills. You can do that. Verse 7. Verse 7. Woo. I feel good today. Y'all better look out. In him. Oh, just say that. In him. Say it a little slower. In him. Man, I'm telling you. That's what we're going to talk about. A little more about it being in him and then what you do when you realize you in him. Mm. In him, we have redemption through his blood. Huh. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's awesome. In him, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to man, his grace. Let's pray. God, you are awesome. Way too good to us, Lord, but we thank you for your grace. We thank you that when we realize that we're in Christ, there isn't anything that we can't do. And I come against the spirit of fear today. I come against the spirit of timidity, Lord. Anything that's going to hold your people back today, God, we break. We just speak healing today and victory over every area. Everything that's oppressing your people from worship, from praise, from going forth and fulfilling the purpose, the big plan, God, that you have for our life, we come against today in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we give you thanks for it all. And we know today who we are in you, in Jesus' mighty name. Church, say it with me. Amen, 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 amen. Uh, I would take your worship guides out and uh, flip them over, get your pen out. I'm just going to give you a lot of scripture today, a whole lot of word. Um, we, we make those, you know, accessible to you for a reason so you can take notes and jot this stuff down. Some of you say, I don't need one today. If you bring in your own notebook, that's okay. But I would encourage you to write stuff down. It's, the, it's proven that we remember 80% more of what we, we, uh, we write down than what we do just when we just hear something. So it's very important that you, I believe, do this. Uh, somebody was uh, talking about using illustration and stuff, and I do a lot of those types of things, and I believe it's important that we can see it, but I believe it's just important that you write this stuff down. So I am going to give you a lot of scripture today. I'm not going to unpack all of them, so I believe it is important that you write them down. But we uh, have been talking about over the past, I don't know, several weeks now, about who we are in Christ. Is anybody getting a little bit more of a clear picture of who they are in him? Oh, man, I hope so. I hope you're starting to see it through Jesus' eyes. And I hope you're starting to see it by, by what he's made us and who we are in Christ and in him. And, and in him, I'm telling you, there is no limits. It does just The limits have to be taken off. They just have to be removed. When you look at who you are in Christ, you see something that's unattainable on your own. When you realize it's not on your own strength, but it's when you're in Christ, there is no end to what God can do through you. So we've been talking about some of these things. Now, I want to read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, the first text there. I want to read out of the Message Bible real quick, and we're just going to get into some stuff. And uh, Again, a lot of scripture, but today it said this in the Message Bible. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah... His blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people. 
Ah, man, that's cool. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by our own misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. Mm, Amen. Anybody abundantly free today? We are free in him. So, again, it all goes back to 